Welcome to the Gainesville Vineyard Podcast, featuring sermons given at our church and community center located in the Lincoln Estates neighborhood in Gainesville, Florida. If you find these messages beneficial, if you're part of our community, or if you want to help support the services we're providing to Southeast Gainesville, you can text the word GIVE to 352-562-7771 to make tax-deductible donations. Here's this week's message. Hey everybody, I'm Mike Rayburn, lead pastor of Gainesville Vineyard. Thank you so much for joining our live stream service this Sunday morning. I've got a few announcements to make and then I'll get right into the teaching for today. First announcement is gather uh, some elements together for communion. We're going to take communion together at the end of our service. So grab something to eat and drink and we'll consecrate those together as the body and blood of Jesus at the conclusion of our time together this morning. Uh, Next announcement is we're taking another COVID survey of our congregation. So if you consider Gainesville Vineyard your home church, and especially if you're local and are planning to resume attending once we resume in-person services, we'd like for you to complete a short survey. Um, I'll put a link in the chat or in the comments on the Facebook feed this morning. You also will find that in email that was sent to you this morning, uh, the usual Sunday email. It's got the chord charts and all those things in it. And uh, we'll also be posting that in our in our uh, private Facebook group. If you're not part of the private Facebook group and you'd like to be, uh, send me a message either by email or by text or some other way, carrier pigeon, and uh, and I'll add you to the group. If Gainesville Vineyard, if Gainesville Vineyard is your home church, We'd love to have you be part of our of our private Facebook group. We share prayer requests, we share praise reports, we share random things, and, and right now we're sharing the link to this survey that we really want you to fill out to help us better understand what you're thinking and feeling right now as regards to in-person gathering and moving forward as we hopefully come um, out of quarantine and into whatever's next for us. So help us out by doing that over the next few days and we'll uh, we'll get those results figured out and know better what we can do next, uh, the Lord willing. Uh, next announcement is grocery giveaway is happening again this Wednesday, 11 o'clock at the bridge is when we start serving. Volunteers can come at 10 a.m. Uh, we're giving out food from the food bank and now we're also giving away food from local farms. Uh, so it's really great. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that's going on there. So if you can help us out, Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. for just an hour or two. It'd be fantastic to see you. Uh, we're still wearing masks and practicing social distancing. It's all done outside and very safe. Um, we're having a really good time and making lots of friends. Uh, last announcement is giving. There are three ways you can contribute financially to the life of Gainesville Vineyard and the GNV Bridge Community Center. Uh, you can text the word GIVE to the number on the screen. You can go to our website, gainesvillevineyard.org, and click on the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. That's a great way to set up recurring giving if you'd like to do that. Or you can mail a check to the P.O. box that's on the screen as well. As always, all your donations are tax-deductible, and we are very grateful for everyone who continues to be faithful and generous with us all through this. Um, Our church and our community center are are doing well and thriving uh, because you guys are taking good care of us and continuing to provide for um, all the things. So thank you so much for that. We really are grateful. So let me move into the teaching today. Here's our our graph that I created for us last week to help you remember. Um, 
we're, we're tending to these relationships, this interconnected uh, nexus, next nexus of nexuses of relationships between our inner self and between us and each other and us in creation and us and God. Um, and I think it's really important that we focus on this at this time. I really feel led of the spirit for us to give attention to this for the next, I don't know how long. Um, and, and, you know, there's some reasons for this. Uh, trouble persists in our world. Uh, just since la the last time I made one of these services for you and sent it out, um, two more young men have been killed by police. Uh, Dante Wright, a young black man, and Adam Toledo, a young Latino man, have both been killed. And, and that sparked more protests, uh, more people in the street asking for changes to be made. Um, also, since last Sunday, there have been nine mass shootings in our country, one in Pensacola uh, that you may or may not have even heard about. Um, things are still kind of the way they were in 2020. Um, COVID is still, is COVID winding down and we're all getting vaccines or is COVID resurging and are people refusing to get vaccines? Let me stop right there and encourage you to get your vaccine. Go ahead and sign up and get your vaccine as soon as possible. Uh, everyone can get them now. It's open to everyone who's an adult and uh, it'd be really helpful for us for regathering if, if most everyone is vaccinated sooner rather than later. So go ahead and do that. Um, but for those of us that are vaccinated, Amy and I got our vaccines uh, several weeks ago and we're fully vaccinated and we're kind of easing our way back into 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 post quarantine and and it's really awkward. It's awkward to know like when do I wear a mask? When do I not wear a mask? How do I It's just there's a lot of social awkwardness that's attending all of this. And part of it is COVID related, like you know, what are protocols? What is safe for everyone, what is courteous to everyone, what is being kind to everyone. But some of it is just human-related awkwardness. It's it's related to the fact that we, we've been at home for more than a year now. We haven't interacted socially. And some of us are more introverted than others anyway. And that's always, you know, a cause for, for awkwardness. But I think coming out of COVID, which hopefully we will be doing in the next few or several months, um, it's going to be a, a time for most of us to relearn what it's like to be with other people, uh, what it's like to interact with people that we like more or less, that we get along with more or less, who have tics that we tolerate more or less, and those sorts of things. Um, so I think it's a good time for us to think about our human relationships between each other and also the other components to this nexus of relationships that we're in. And honestly, we just need a teacher. We need a teacher to help us see uh, in, in all of this awkwardness the opportunities that are there for us, the opportunities to give love to each other, the opportunities to grow friendships. We need a teacher. And we have a teacher, and her name is Therese. Therese of Lisieux. This is Therese of Lisieux, who was a, a French Catholic nun. She was born in 1873. She died in 1897. Um, and she wrote an autobiography, a journal that she kept for herself, and, and some things she wrote for her mother's superiors uh, at the monastery. Um, and those were published after her death. And she died in 1897, and she was made a saint 
by the Catholic Church in 1923 because of the wisdom expressed in her autobiography. Um, so much so that she was made a doctor of the church in 1997, um, which puts her on a level with Thomas Aquinas and the other doctors of the church. Only one of four women to ever uh, be given that title. And she's had a major influence on, on Christians throughout the world, uh, not just Catholics, but, but anyone taking spirituality seriously uh, has probably come across her name and perhaps read and learned from her. Uh, she had a major impact on some people you might have heard of, like Mother Teresa uh, and Dorothy Day, who is you know, a personal hero of mine, uh, and even Pope Francis counts Teresa of Lisieux as a major influence on his life. So... He's, she's going to be our teacher for the next few weeks. We're going to kind of go through her autobiography. And then as we move forward into thinking about tending these relationships towards friendship, I want us to bear in mind the wisdom uh, that this doctor of the church has to share with us. And, and it's a lot. Listen to this. This is Pope John Paul II uh, in the letter that he wrote, uh, making her a doctor of the church. He says of Therese, her doctrine is at once a confession of the church's faith, an experience of the Christian mystery, and a way to holiness. Therese offers a mature synthesis of Christian spirituality. She combines theology and the spiritual life. She expresses herself with strength and authority, with a great ability to persuade and communicate as is shown by the reception and dissemination of her message among the people of God. Teresa's teaching expresses with coherence and harmonious unity the dogmas of the Christian faith as a doctrine of truth and an experience of life. That's a pretty strong endorsement for a woman who died at the age of 24. She was in touch with the divine in a way that few others have been. And in reading... Um, her autobiography it just it it motivates one to to holiness as john paul ii remarked there so i want to take us this morning through the heart of her autobiography there's a there's a first part which she calls manuscript a which tells of her early life and her desire to join the monastery um, and her first experience there and then she has the second part which she calls manuscript b and it's really the heart of her teaching. It's the heart of her account. It's called uh, My Vocation is Love. It's chapter nine in her autobiography. And she begins, let me put this quote on the screen. She begins by calling uh, what she has come to understand as the secrets of Jesus, which she says up front are impossible to put into words, but which Jesus confides into her heart and to the hearts of each of us, really. Listen to this. She says, Oh, my dear sister, you wish to hear about the secrets Jesus confides to your little sister. However, I realize he confides these secrets to you too. For you are the one who taught me how to gather the divine instructions. Nevertheless, I'm going to stammer some words, even though I feel it is quite impossible for the human tongue to express things that the human heart can hardly understand. So right there, we already see that that Teresa is expressing the same thing that we've seen in Paul and in Jeremiah, that each of us is taught by God, that the way of Jesus comes to each of us in our own particularity in, in ways that, that are not easily transferable. We have to learn 
from Jesus himself. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit directly. And our best guides are teachers like Therese who understand that and guide us not in a rigid way that we must follow that they've come up with, but that guide us in following what the Spirit leads us to do. The next thing she says is she calls her way a science of love. I love this phrase. Um, Look at this. She says, um, sometimes a word comes to console me, such as this one, which I received at the end of prayer. After having remained in silence, see, I've underlined that there, and aridity. Silence is key to following Jesus well, as we've been experiencing all through the Lent series that we just came through. She says, here is the teacher whom I am giving you. He will teach you everything that you must do. I want to make you read in the book of life, wherein is contained the science of love. The science of love. I want you to bear that in mind as we move forward. It's going to take us a few weeks to get uh, immersed into Teresa's teaching. And, and, And the end of it will be a very practical, very applicable way of giving love of tending to the relationships that form our lives. And and that, and that way it will be, I don't want to say scientific, but I want to say scientific because it will be practical, like science is practical. And we'll be able to do it. It's not just for the, the head. It's not just theology, but it's theology put into practice. The practice of the way of love, or what she calls the science of love. And you'll see that as we move forward. And she tells in this uh, chapter how it was really in her heart. She wanted to do great things. She wanted. She had her in her heart to do amazing things for the kingdom of God. Look at these quotes. She says, I feel the vocation of the warrior, like Joan of Arc, who she admired. The priest, the apostle, the doctor, the martyr. I would want to preach the gospel on all the five continents simultaneously, and even to the remotest isles. I would be a missionary, not for a few years only, but from the beginning of creation till the consummation of the ages. But above all, O my beloved Savior, I would shed my blood for you even to the very last drop. And she realizes that these desires, I mean, even to be a priest, which of course is not even allowed for women in the Catholic Church, is, 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 you know, beyond what she can expect. She says at the end, how can I realize the desires of my poor little soul? It was in her heart to do great things, um, things that didn't measure up to her station or her stature. Uh, Teresa, Teresa wanted it all. Uh, and no coincidence, these words of her came true through her personal uh, writing. Uh, folks all over the world do follow her teaching and pay attention to what she she has taught people on all five continents and I'm sure simultaneously at some points there have been people learning from her at the same time all over the world these are the things that were in her heart to do even though the powers that be told her that you know some of those were impossible and here's her great epiphany check this out this is the moment when she when she when the spirit reveals to her the the way forward look at this she says oh my jesus what is your answer to all of my follies she calls these desires of her heart she knows they're magnanimous she knows they're beyond her reach uh these follies is there a soul more little more powerless than mine 
Nevertheless, even because of my weakness, it has pleased you, O Lord, to grant my little childish desires. And you desire today to grant other desires that are greater than the universe. During my meditation, my desires caused me a veritable martyrdom, and I opened the epistles of St. Paul to find some kind of answer. Chapter 12 and 13 of the first epistle to the Corinthians fell under my eyes. I read there in the first of these chapters that all cannot be apostles, prophets, doctors, etc., that the church is composed of different members, and that the eye cannot be the hand at one and the same time. The answer was clear, but it did not fulfill my desires and gave me no peace. But just as Mary Magdalene found what she was seeking by always stooping down and looking into the empty tomb, so I, abasing myself to the very depths of my nothingness, raised myself so high that I was able to attain my end. Without becoming discouraged, I continued my reading, and this sentence consoled me. Yet strive after the better gifts, and I point out to you a yet more excellent way. And the apostle explains how all the most perfect gifts are nothing without love. That charity is the excellent way that leads most surely to God. I finally had rest. Considering the mystical body of the church, I had not recognized myself in any of the members described by St. Paul, or rather I desired to see myself in them all. Charity gave me the key to my vocation. I understood that if the church had a body composed of different members, the most necessary and most noble of all could not be lacking to it. And so I understood that the church had a heart and that this heart was burning with love. I understood it was love alone that made the church's members act, that if love ever became extinct, apostles would not preach the gospel and martyrs would not shed their blood. I understood that love comprised all vocations, that love was everything, that it embraced all times and places, in a word that it was eternal. Then, in the excess of my delirious joy, I cried out, O Jesus, my love, my vocation, at last I have found it. My vocation is love. I just love Teresa of Lisieux. This is so wonderful. And and we often get this so wrong in church. We read 1 Corinthians 12, and and Paul's listing apostles and prophets and whatnot. And and we get fixated on who has what role, uh, on what the hierarchy is, which one comes first, and do we have that here? And what Therese of Lisieux, doctor of the church, is teaching us is that that's a bad misreading of Scripture. That's not what Paul's saying at all. The offices aren't the point. Those aren't the greater gifts. The greatest gift, the better way, the most excellent way, is what comes after that in 1 Corinthians 13. All of that is just a setup to the point Paul is trying to make. So, I want us to pick up um, 1 Corinthians, the end of chapter 12, and read 13. And I know you've heard 1 Corinthians 13 a million times at so many weddings and such. But I'm, I'm hoping that we can hear it with fresh ears. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can track with Therese, our teacher, and, 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 and share in her great epiphany 
that what Paul is talking about is the vocation that each of us has as followers of Jesus. So check this out. This is 1 Corinthians. We're going to pick up at the end of chapter 12. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of discernment, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the way beyond compare is how I've translated it here. But This is the most excellent way. This is the better way. This is the best way. This is the greater gift that Paul is talking about. Not anything that's come before, but what comes next. Everything I just read is a prelude, is a setup to what comes next. What comes next is this. And note the offices that he just listed at the beginning of this. If I speak in the tongues of humans or angels, but don't have love, I'm only a banging gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I own to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may brag, but don't have love, I gain nothing. Everything in chapter 12 is a foil, is a setup, is worthless in comparison to what Paul is giving us here. This is the way. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way that Teresa of Lisieux, doctor of the church, is encouraging us to walk in. Here it goes. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't brag. It isn't proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It isn't self-seeking. It isn't easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, here he does it again, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is partial disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. But then we will see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I will know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is how we're supposed to live. This is the way of Therese. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way of love. And this is the way we can live post-COVID. This is the way that we can tend our nexus of relationships into friendship. 
if we will follow in this way, if we will learn from Therese, from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit directly, how to walk in this way. And her way is often called the little way because it's about doing the small things of everyday life with love or through love or understanding it as an opportunity to show love and give love and grow in grace. She quotes St. John of the Cross at one point. Look at this. Oh, my Jesus, I love you. I love the church, my mother. I recall that the smallest act of pure love is of more value than all her worthy works together. She goes on to say, Jesus does not demand great actions from us, but simple surrender and gratitude. Simple surrender and gratitude. The smallest act of pure love. This is what we're talking about. The everyday things that you're going about your day doing, doing those with love. And we'll get more into the practical stuff of it next week. But I want to give you this picture that she gives that I think is so beautiful. Look at this. And how will she prove her love since love is proved by works? Well, the little child will strew flowers. She's often called the little flower. She will strew flowers. She will perfume the royal throne with their sweet scents. And she will sing in her silvery tones the canicule of love. Yes, my beloved, this is how my life will be consumed. I have no other means of proving my love for you other than that of strewing flowers. That is, not allowing one little sacrifice to escape. Not one look, one word profiting by all the smallest things and doing them through love. I desire to suffer for love and even to rejoice through love. And in this way, I shall strew flowers before your throne. Here we get a hint of the practical steps uh, that we'll talk more about next week. Uh, Giving out flowers, dropping petals, strewing the path of our lives with color and with fragrance with peace and with kindness and with gentleness. Not missing an opportunity to give love with a smile, with a kind word, with our presence, with holding our tongue, (laughs) with being careful what we post on social media, posting things that are encouraging and scrolling by when we just need to scroll by. Um, There are many, many opportunities for us to walk in this way, to learn to grow in this way, to tend our relationships towards friendship. And I think we're going to need those uh, in the coming weeks and in the coming months as we transition out of quarantine and re-engage in regular human life. And then she reiterates at the end, look at this, I want to say it one more time. She says, why do I desire to communicate your secrets of love, O Jesus? For was it not you alone who taught them to me? And can you not reveal them to others? Yes, I know it, and I beg you to do it. I beg you to cast your divine glance upon a great number of little souls. I beg you to choose a legion of little victims worthy of your love. Therese ends this chapter, this mystical heart of her account, by reiterating that it's Jesus who teaches each of us directly. She prays that Jesus will teach us. She begs Jesus to teach us. 
And that's my prayer for you and for us uh, right now and this week, that Jesus will reveal his secrets of love to each of us, that Jesus will teach each of us how to tend our nexus of relationships towards friendship, towards love, that the Holy Spirit will nudge us and prod us towards love, and that we'll be sensitive to those nudges and to those prods and to those whispers, and that we'll grow more in this way of love, in this science of love that Therese wants us to walk in, that Jesus is calling us to walk in. So that's my message for today. I just want you to sit with that. I want you to sit with that. I encourage you to to pick up her book called Story of a Soul and read it for yourself uh, or or go online. And there there are a few movies that have been made. You can watch things if that's how you prefer to consume content. I would encourage you to dig into the life of St. Teresa of Lisieux. She's a great teacher. And we're going to walk with her at least for a few weeks and then hopefully her wisdom for much longer. Well, let's take communion this morning. As we continue in this in this season of giving attention to friendship, I want us to um, keep saying the things we've been saying for a couple weeks now. So gather what you have to eat. I've got some gluten-free bread. Whatever you have is fine. As we lift up the host together, this becomes the body of Jesus. We are the body of Jesus, and we're each different parts, but each of us plays one role, love. Loving each other, loving the body, and reaching out through the body in love to the world. So as we lift up the body of Jesus, this is what I want us to say. Say it with me. This is the body of Jesus. Jesus calls us friends. Take his body together. Lift your glass. And this becomes the blood of Jesus. So say this with me. This is the blood of Jesus. Jesus makes us friends. Drink together. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for our dear sister, Therese of Lisieux. And the revelation you gave to her of what it looks like to walk in your way in the modern world. What it looks like to give love in our everyday lives. What it looks like to tend these relationships towards friendship. I pray that even this week, with this beginning, you would fire up our imaginations to see what it would look like to give flowers, to give little moments of of care and love and tenderness to the people we interact with. I pray that in the coming weeks and months as we move back into more of a normal social setting, that we would be different, that we would experience the awkwardness that we're all going to experience not as, not as drudgery and as pain, but as opportunities to care and to love and to befriend all the people around us, even the difficult ones, even the ones who rub us the wrong way. I pray when we're rubbed the wrong way, we would 
we would realize that you are inviting us to love. I thank you for my sisters and brothers. I pray you would keep them safe and well. And Lord, we pray for our country and we pray for our world that an end to violence would come. That we could remake our society into the beloved community. Let it begin with us in these small ways of tending to the relationships around us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, sisters and brothers, I love you. I hope you're doing well. If you need anything, please reach out to us. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Gainesville Vineyard Podcast. For more information about our church and community center, including our food pantry, life skills training, legal aid, after school and sports programs, and international missions, and how to contact us, visit GainesvilleVineyard.org or find us on Facebook. Our page name is GN Vineyard. We also have original worship songs available on iTunes. Just search for Gainesville Vineyard. You can support the work we're doing by texting the word GIVE to 352-562-7771. All donations are tax deductible. We appreciate you listening to this message and pray the Spirit speaks directly to you through something you've heard today. God bless.